You're listening to the Gate Charlotte Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. I could just stay there. Wow. <laughs> How about, it felt like my feet left the floor. I don't think they did, but I felt like I was levitating for a moment. It was like, I, you know when you feel like the presence of the Lord? Man, I felt like I was taken off. Like, we were out of here. Woo! Some of you haven't figured out how good that was yet. I, I, I love, man, I love the worship. I love to worship. I find, I find out so much about who he is in worship, and I walk away knowing way more about who I am after worship than any other thing. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, man, bent my Bible. I'm, I'm like right there, about ready to go back in. And all the angels cry out. Holy is the Lord, and all the earth replies, Holy are you, and all the angels cry out, Holy is the Lord God, all the earth replies, Holy are you, and all the angels cry out, Holy is the Lord God, and all the earth replies, Holy are you, one more time, and all the angels cry out, Holy is the Lord God, and all the earth replies, Holy are you, reply, just reply to heaven, come on, reply to heaven. We cry, holy, holy, holy. Oh, man, I'm like ready to rock and roll. We cry, holy, holy, holy. Oh, we cry, holy, holy, holy. The train of his robe is filling the temple. It's filling. That scripture means not to have filled. It means a continual filling. When the train of the, lo- of the, of the lobe, the train of the Lord filled the temple, it never stopped filling it. It never stopped. It's filling this house. It's filling you. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Whoa. Hallelujah. 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 Holy are you. Hallelujah, 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 holy are you, one more time, hallelujah, 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 holy are you, fill this temple. see it. Like Moses got to see it. I want to see it. I want to see your glory with my eyes. I want to see your manifested presence, God. Oh, man. 
feel God is gone. Oh, man, yeah. Um, put the, just, just put the offering plates at the back at the end. Let's do that, okay? You guys, just give. <laughs> give. Give. Just give. Give. I'm not going to stop. Thank you, though, for being so ready. Thank you. I, I feel such a, like, a, a charge in the atmosphere. Like, like I, I've said this before. I feel like, you know, when you, when you know when you're at the gas station, like, don't light a match. <laughs> I, I've, <laughs> I, I, I lit a big fire a few weeks ago. Big fire. Scared my wife. Made my wife mad. Um, didn't make her mad, just, just a little uneasy. We've, we've ripped out a bunch of wood in our house. We, we bought an old 1910 farmhouse, and we've ripped out everything. And we've been waiting for it to be wet enough to have a big fire because it had been so dry. And um, I, finally, my moment had come. All this rain. It's like my day is here. And this wood was dry. We're talking 110 years of drying. And uh, so I have this really big back pasture, and I put this... I mean, it had to have been too... Like, two or three dump trucks full of wood in a pile. <laughs> this makes my heart just so happy right now. This is my love language, eating and fire. <laughs> um, and so we, we got some... I used gas oil because it lights a little slower, and I, I gassed it. And I was like... I'm a, I, I always want to do this, so I like took a line of gas through the pasture, <laughs> and I had everybody get back, and I just went, <laughs> shink, and it went, <laughs> and I mean, I, it went, it was amazing, <laughs> it was amazing. Some of you are like, that's not safe. That's okay. It was, it was like when you feel the fire shake the ground under you when it lights, like a firework going, <laughs> you're like, oh. <laughs> I need to like go. I was like on a rage. I'm like, break out the guns. Let's do more stuff. Like, <laughs> and uh, and man, I I. But you know, it's like when I when I was ready, I'm like, I could smell it. Like when I light a match, it's gonna go. And I I could smell almost in the spirit that smell of gasoline in here this morning, like dry wood and gasoline. And the beauty is, it's like the Lord literally. I just see him just light a match, light a match. And it's gonna, it's gonna, oh, it's gonna light. You gonna light with me, Lucas? You were on fire up here. I was like, let him preach. He's already on roll. I'm just gonna get back in the drum booth. And it's, um, oh man, I've got stuff to talk about. I'm just not sure where to go. I've had. A, I want to. Let's just start with this. I had three interesting encounters this week with, uh, I believe, angels. If it wasn't an angel, it was the angel of the Lord, capital L, but it was definitely angelic. And uh, I believe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go somewhere. It's not just story time, but hang with me. I, uh, when my wife's father passed away, he had things that they were giving out to the children, and I, he gave me a trailer, which is really great because I can haul things. And so you know the process. You got a title to the trailer, and we went with her mother to the bank. And we signed the title. And then COVID happened and all the DMV shut down. And so we could never get it uh, actually registered under my name. So in the process of that, all that time going by, I lost the title. 
It's never great when you, like, because since I hadn't registered yet, I would have to go back to my mother-in-law and have her go through the process of reordering a new title and all that. So, you know, being the amazing son-in-law I was, I was just like, I'm going to hide this until I find it. Because <laughs> I don't want her to have to go through that headache of, you know, having to do all this again. Uh, so that, that went through about two years of me not being able to find this title. Look, I mean, I dumped everything out you could dump out. I finally got to the point last week. I said, we're just going to have to ask her to help us. And uh, we, got in the, we got in the van, and Tiffany needed a straw for her drink. And she opened up her glove compartment and folded on the very top as if brand new was the title to this trailer. I'd emptied this, I bet, 30, 40 times over the past two years looking for this title. I'm just, and I, she, she actually found it, and she's like, oh, my Oh my gosh. She's like, it's right here. And I said, Tiffany, that's that's the Lord. Like that's that's crazy. I have torn my house apart and my cars apart, thrown everything out. And so that happened. Um, then uh, fast forward another week, I I got these sunglasses. You might find this funny. But I bought you ever buy like just a nice pair of sunglasses and it's like, I don't usually spend this much money, but I'm going to buy a nice pair of sunglasses. Anyone do that other than me? Okay. Thanks for making me feel vain. Um, all right. You have your own sunglasses of some sort. Um, for me, it was sunglasses. Um, we were in Florida and we always take a trip, usually every year to Florida together. And we were in the store and we were like just being together. And I tried on these, these really nice sunglasses and they were a lot of money. And I said, I love these, Tiffany. She's like, you really like them, don't you? I'm like, yeah, these are awesome. I'm like, I don't want to spend that much money. She's like, just buy them. And I was like, for real? Because I lose sunglasses often. <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, just buy them. She's like, just don't lose them. I was like, got it. Well, I guess who lost his sunglasses? I, I felt so bad because it was like this was the splurge of like the desire. In that, in that trip, it was like my heart wanted this. And, uh, you know, we just, she's so understanding. She's like, yeah, uh, oh, well. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, I, I looked everywhere. I even told her, like, last week, I said, we're going to rip this house apart. Thankfully, there's not much left in it. We haven't ripped apart. We will find those sunglasses. I'm, we've looked everywhere, and I get in the van, and I, I just, I had some other sunglasses, so I, I open up the little sunglass holder in my van, and they fall out. The glasses I've looked everywhere for. They fall out on, you ever heard that, like, it's not going to fall in your lap. That's a lie. <laughs> the Lord can make it fall in your lap if he wants to. And so they fell in my lap, and I was just like, are you kidding me? And, and so that was, that was pretty cool. That was another thing that I know the Lord put those there. The third thing was uh, we were going to a movie a couple nights ago. And uh, right before the movie, we went to a later movie, and um, right before we went to the movie, I realized it was getting ready to rain, and we have what's it's called a side-by-side. It's a thing you ride around, and we use it on the farm. And it was getting ready to rain, so I realized I need to go park the side-by-side because it's going to rain. And so I have in my jacket pocket, first we're going to take the truck, and Tiffany's like, we're like, well, let's take the van, you know? So then I get keys to the van. I have the keys to the van and the truck in my pocket. And then I'm like, I need to go turn, park the side-by-side. So I park it, and I put the side-by-side keys in my pocket. So we're in the movie, and those beautiful recliners laying back. And I, and I hear this, like, down the crack. I'm like, 
Oh, man. I, how many do not want to roll around on the floor at a movie theater? It's like when you're sitting there and you're just like, and it's like back in the back, you know? And I'm like, oh, man, I heard it fall. And then uh, I was like, well, I'll get it later. And then I, I heard something else fall a few minutes later. I heard like more stuff fall. And I'm like, I reached in my pocket. And I'm like, well, I still have the van keys. So I thought, well, maybe they just fell further down. I had forgotten that the side-by-side keys were in my pocket. So the movie's over. I'm like, ugh, here we go. I reach under, and I get my, my truck keys, put them in my pocket, and I go home. You still running with me? It's a little confusing. I left the side-by-side. I didn't, I forgot I had them. I get home, and we're like, we need to go feed the animals. And I'm like, let's get the side-by-side. It's pouring down rain. And I reach in, I'm like, oh, no. They're gone. I'm like, that's what fell in the movie. And so I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, I'll call them in the morning. Like, and uh, anyways, the next morning, I'm walking out to the side-by-side. Forgot. I don't have the key. I sound like I'm losing my mind, but I, I, I'm, it's what children and horses and goats do to you, you know? And I'm, I'm walking outside, and, and I'm halfway to the side, and Tiffany's like, we don't have the keys. I'm like, ah. And I look down, and right next to my foot is the keys to the side-by-side. It has rained like two inches of rain the night before. Everything would have washed, even the leaves and the sticks had washed down this hill. And there's the side-by-side keys just sitting there. And I just, I said, Tiffany, I said, here they are. I was like, Lord, I think I lost $10,000 somewhere <laughs> on this property. Might have been fifty. And... Uh, Lord, you know, you're the God of increase. Um, and so I was, that was cool. That, that was, I was like, Lord, why do I, I don't necessarily need to share this. This is kind of personal. And um, I was praying this morning over the sermon, and the Lord was just taking me back through these accounts because it's the most unique just experience with having things show up out of nowhere that I've ever experienced. The Lord said, what do those things mean to you, John? He said, because you've lost a lot over the years. <laughs> I have. Ask my dad. I thought, well, title, that's ownership. I said, keys, that's authority. And I was like, sunglasses, eye protection? And the Lord was like, you have like four other pair of sunglasses. I didn't give you those back for eye protection. They were the desire of your heart. And I feel as confident as I could feel right now that the Lord wants to restore things. He wants to give back. If I, if I, if I honestly, three things that would have been challenged over the past few years for me would have been ownership, the things he's given me, feeling like, have I stewarded it well? Have I lost it? Um, authority, feeling like, Lord, sometimes you feel like you're getting drugged behind a bus, like... Like, Lord, it'd be nice to have the keys back, you know. <laughs> and, and how many know one of the first things that typically tends to go in hard times is the desires of your heart? If you're tight on money, the last thing you're going to do is go spend a bunch of money on something like sunglasses. And I felt like the Lord said, call on those angels this morning to bring back for people ownership, authority, 
and the desires of their heart. And so we're going to lean into that. If that's all we get to, I know that's not all we'll get to, but that's okay. Because I believe people are going to have some things returned to them. I had a friend, yeah, he comes here from time to time, Alex Parkinson. I don't know if I get the story 100% right, but he was talking about how he had the UPS or somebody lost his, some of his gifts for Christmas. And he sent him, it was like right before Christmas, they sent him the email and said, we lost your gifts, we'll have to send you more, they're going to come way after Christmas. And he said, well, it is what it is. And so he went the night before Christmas into his closet where he keeps his Christmas gifts to start wrapping and the gifts that they had lost were in his closet. <laughs> and he said, I didn't put them in there. <laughs> he said, they just, they're in my closet. He said, These were gifts that I don't even believe his wife knew about because they were, I think, for her. And so um, I had another friend reach out to me, and I don't share all the stories, but there's just a unique things being restored but brought back. And the neat thing was is that I wasn't in a place where I was intercession and fasting for 40 days. I had actually given up. I was actually, I had given up finding the title. I had given up finding the glasses. I'd even broke back out in such sadness, my other ones. I was like, I'd given up. And the keys, I had just, I knew I heard them, and I didn't, I didn't get them. And God brought all of them back. I believe through angelic activity, I really do. But when I had given up, I feel hope for you guys. I have enough for all of you. <laughs> I have my sunglasses back. <laughs> I should have worn them. I have hope for all of you. I could feel it this morning when we were singing that one song, Never Once. Have you ever? I could feel this room like on, I could feel the, I could feel the paddles of life being put on some of you. Like, poof, poof, poof. I could feel it. It might have looked like you weren't getting into it. That's because some of you were coming back to life. And so, can we pray? Let's do this. Um, all right, let me say this. Let me give some groundwork. It doesn't matter if it's your fault, if you've taken responsibility for it and repented. I'm going to say that first. Because some of you, when I say you've lost your dreams, the first thing the enemy will say was, you lost your dreams. You did this. That doesn't matter. I lost my title. I lost my keys. What matters is, is if you've taken responsibility and you've repented for whatever you've done, that's all that matters. But he will restore it. So we're going to start with the things that God has given you that you feel like you've lost. For me, it was a title. represents ownership things that you felt like he gave you to steward and you feel like you have lost them. Does it matter if you lost it? As long as you've dealt with the Lord with that. If that's you, go ahead and stand up. Stand up. Don't miss your open door. I'm not going to do anything weird. I'm just going to call on the best I know how to do this. All right. All right. Lord, I've seen you move in this, and you are the one who put this on my heart. I do not normally go this direction, but you've put this in my heart. Father, all of your children right now that are standing up have lost something. They've, they've, they've lost 
or feels that they have lost ownership of something you've given them, I ask right now, by your mercy, that you would give it back. You would give it back. You give it back right now. Whoa. You give it back right now. Fill them with hope. Fill them with peace. Fill them, Lord, with grace. Move on their hearts. But, Lord, restore what seems to have been lost. Yeah, that's the word. Restore what looks to be lost. It's being given back. I know when I lost that title, it was not as crisp as when I found it. So give it back in better condition than when they lost it. Give it back after you've touched it. Give it back to them after you have held it. In Jesus' name. I call on your angels. I call on your angels that carry these assignments, that carry this. And I pray over your emotion. Those of you, there's going to be feelings of that you've Blew something. I just felt this in the middle of praying. Some of you, um, you feel this way about your kids. There's some people in here that feel this over their children, that you, got, you feel like you didn't do well stewarding your children. I know it's not an ownership, but I feel like the Lord is wanting to restore something. So, Lord, over the parents' hearts that feel like they blew something with their kids, Lord, bring it back. Bring it back and restore the relationship, Lord. Give them wisdom, Father, how to be intentional in rebuilding relationship. Minister to their hearts now, angels. (laughs) I don't know which angel went around the pool and stirred the water, but we call that one. (laughs) Stir the water in this room, and everybody gets in. Whoa, man, I feel that. Stir that water. Whichever angel that would be that we read about stirs the waters, and they jumped in for healing. Stir the waters in Jesus' name, and restore, restore, restore. For those of you that feel like there's been authority lost, go ahead and stand up. Might be the same people, maybe more people, but it feels like an area that authority was either lost or or taken away. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that you're giving keys back. You're giving keys back. You're giving keys back to the rightful owners. In Jesus' name, I speak to the shame that may try to hang on. I speak to the feelings of failure that are trying to hang on the feelings of embarrassment that are trying to hang on. And I ask that the wind of God would blow those out. Blow those out. Just as we've been, I don't know about here, but where we live, we've had such high winds. Anything that wasn't tied down blew away. I pray for that wind, that the things that we just right now untie it and let the wind blow it out. Let it blow it out in Jesus' name. You are the one that's supposed to have those keys. So God... In Jesus' name, bring the keys back to your kids. Some of you gave them away from choices. Some of you gave them away by accident. Some of them, they were taken from you. Doesn't matter. Lord, give them back. You know their hearts. Give it back. 
I see like I see like um like this sounds weird. I see like mantles floating down and landing on people. And it's like almost floating as if like a feather like this, but it's actually like a mantle. And I'm watching them just come down, and we're going to wait a minute. Because some of you might even feel the manifestation of something resting on your shoulders. We'll wait on that. Rest. Rest. Thank you, God. Thank you. Desires that feel lost, stand up, or stay up if it's you, but desires that feel, your heart's desires. This is one you can't get religious on. Some of you have been taught so much that God doesn't care about your desires. He only cares about your needs. That is a lie. He cares. He is not, (laughs) it's hard to be a good father if you don't care what your kids want. Now, a good father knows when they should get it, but a good father cares about their children's heart's desires. So, Lord, I pray over, right now, this one, Lord, over the desires of their hearts, the things that maybe no one, even, no one else even knows about. First of all, I speak to your thinking that is, I feel the war in the room, like, this almost seems carnal. <laughs> I just break off. Just break off all the things that are just some of you coming through your mind right now. And, Lord, the things that you put there, the desires and passions that you put within them, Lord, you want to fill them. And so, Lord, for me, it was in that moment sunglasses. But, Lord, it could be so much greater than that. You know your kids' desires. I'm just going to call out a couple things I'm hearing. Some of your heart's desire is to have children. In Jesus' name, I call on the angels just to bring a miracle. Bring a miracle. I, I, I don't know how to do that any other way. Just bring a miracle. Bring a miracle. Some of you, your heart's desire is just to take a break and to get away. <laughs> Lord, bring a miracle of provision. You've done that for me before. I, I, my whole, a whole, a whole, yeah, whole chunk of staff was blessed with money for vacation last year. Someone felt that. Lord, in Jesus' name, you know the desires of your kids' hearts. Some of you, it's to be in a relationship. Lord, hear their desires. Hear their desires. See, this is not always about an immediate fulfillment. A lot of this is about a response from heaven. So speak to our hearts. I speak to the emptiness. I feel like it's just uh, I feel like a rawness in some of your hearts. Almost as if you like you've scratched your arm over and over and over. It's just become raw on the topic. Just bring healing. Sometimes it can hurt to even talk about it anymore. Bring healing. There's the peace of God. Do you feel peace just enter the room? There it is. 
fill your kids, all of them, with peace. A couple things, a couple things. Confusion and chaos get out now. I'm going to be a little more bold with that. Confusion and chaos get out now. In Jesus' name, go. Go. I feel some of the kids, uh, God's kids in here, like tormented. Get out. Get out, just as Jesus could one touch and the demons would flee. That influence that's speaking and bringing pain, confusion, anxiety, chaos gets out and fill, fill with wholeness and peace. Whoa, fill with just the peace of God in Jesus' name. You can sit. You can be seated. I'm going to just still wait a second, though. Thank you, Lord. You're so good. Almost every time we round a corner and come back into another new year, I find myself back on the same topic. <laughs> it's just being hungry for more of the Lord. I, I, I got nothing better for you. Just hungry for Jesus. I always feel this responsibility to get a real doozy of a sermon. And he gives me nothing but go for more of me. <laughs> and... Um, I was thinking about the new year, and I was thinking about how everyone has their, you know, I want to do this, I want this, I want to do this. You know, your New Year's resolutions. People, everybody's got them typically. And I, I had this, and I don't say this, I hope it doesn't sound like it's trying to lift me up, but I had this overwhelming desire. I was driving down the road, and I felt the Lord just come on me in my car, and I felt him just say, "You're," I was like, I just had it come out. I was like, my, my desire this year is to give myself away. That was what came out. I want to just give myself away. Like, I want to give more of me away. That's not usually my goal. <laughs> I'm usually trying to think of how I can give less away. And the, and the Lord began to speak something to my heart and said, John, what you really want is more of me. But you can't have more of me unless you give more of me away. And I think that we have gotten things confused often. We've gotten the idea, if I want more of the Lord, well, I need to just listen to more podcasts. I need to go to more conferences, you know. I, conferences are great. I have people that have went to so many conferences. And it's like, yeah, but how many is enough? How many, how many times is enough before you give away what you've already got? 
And people come in often, and we come in with the mindset of, I just want more of you, Lord, so I just need to get in. And, and I love the atmosphere of getting into worship and getting into praise and all of that. But there's a, real, there's a reality about how the kingdom of God operates. You, you hit a limit of what you can receive if you don't start giving it away. On, on, my, on my property, I have a pond that uh, last year when I bought the property, it rained over and over. And it, I don't know if you remember this time last year, it rained nonstop for months. It was so bad, we couldn't even walk through our property. And I have a drain in the middle of my pond, so if it comes up too high, it doesn't overflow the banks into areas I don't want it. It drains it out into a back pasture that is just not usable. Because of the rain and the constant flowing, draining, outpour, rain, rising, going in, pouring out, that pond was so clear, like so clean. I thought it was spring-fed. It was so clean. Fast forward to this year when we haven't had rain. I watch it go down, and it's getting stale and green, and I would not go swimming in it now. The rain is great. But it takes a certain amount, and then at some point, it has to start to pour out before it actually begins to clean up the environment. You can come and receive all you want, but if it's not going back out, it's not actually cleaning up the environment. And there's something that the Lord is inviting us into. The, 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 I've heard it said this way, that the, that the Lord is like a river that's supposed to go through us, not though like a pond that's just supposed to fill up. And I, I want to I go on this, just talk a couple minutes about this idea for more of the Lord because I just want so much of Jesus. I've had so many, I see so much for this church. I've got visions that, my, man, I was having visions. <sighs> I've been in the church a long time. Like, my dad pastored it for 28 years before I took over it. So, like, I grew up in this church. I had visions when I was 12 of this church. And I've had them since then of just, I could, of things that I could feel in the spirit. I remember riding down the road one time and we crossed a certain point. And I remember I felt such clarity in the spirit. I asked my parents, I said, What did I just feel? And we had just crossed over into the county that our church was in. And I actually felt the presence of God radiating the moment we crossed the county line. Don't listen to all the naysayers about, I don't need another book telling me all the strongholds in my city. Yeah, some of you didn't like that. I'm not going to chase the devil. I'm not going to chase his strongholds. I have a really big God, and when he highlights something to me, I'll deal with it. Other than that, I'm focusing on Jesus. And I've been feeling his presence in my county for years, and some people are so reading what other people are feeling on the negative, you can't even feel the good because you're so caught up in the negative. And God is, God is moving, man. God is moving in our city. Like, people that are coming here, I, I had a privilege of Randall Worley, who is actually coming next month, he pastored here for 40 years. It was crazy. I didn't meet him until he moved to the beach. I was like, man, we just crossed paths. He said something to me recently that was so encouraging. He said, John, I pastored for 40 years 
He said, I'm so encouraged by what I feel in the spirit in your city. He said, it's getting so good. From someone who had trailblazed for a long time, coming back in and saying, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. I, I, I'm hungry for the Lord. I'm hungry for him to move in my city. But I think that there's a couple things that we have to understand if, we're, if we want to connect our hearts to the Lord. There's a scripture, in, and I've read it many times, Zechariah 10.1, that says, in the, in the time of rain, ask for the rain. Weird scripture. In the time of rain, ask for the rain. Doesn't make a lot of sense. It's like go outside when it's raining, this afternoon probably, and it's raining and say, I wish it would rain. In the time of rain, ask for the rain. We tend to only ask for rain when it's dry. We tend to only begin to draw near to the Lord when everything's going wrong. In an outpouring of his presence, we see people that really went after the Lord for years. There are certain people that I have such respect for that, that everywhere they go, it seems like just glory follows them. And so often we read about generals of the faith and people that they host these moves of God and something happens along the way where the hunger that launched it fades away in the rain because it's raining. But the time to ask for more rain is when it's raining. I actually, I really believe there's a key to seeing something sustained in the simplicity of this, this statement. While it's raining, ask for rain. When the Lord's moving, ask him to move. When people are getting healed, ask him to heal. When people are getting filled with the Spirit of God, ask him for the Spirit. Don't wait for the wheels to fall off the bus before you start to pray. Being hungry for God is healthy. My kids, the number one, I know something's wrong, is when they're not hungry. Any parents in the room? The moment that my children wake up and breakfast comes around and lunch comes around and they're not hungry, they're sick. The point that we stop getting hungry, we've become sick. Something's wrong. And I think that we often get some things confused because over the years we've come into such a wonderful revelation of who the Father is. Um, I think that it's one of the great revelations that we have found is that he's a good God, right? I remember when that song, Good Father, came out, what, like 10 years ago? And like every church sung it every week for like 10 years. And now it's like, yeah, I can't do that one yet. I love what Tiffany puts, she's, she's like, hey, can we do this song again yet or is it still hurt? I'm like, no, I think we need to wait another year. It's like, <laughs> And uh, I remember when Good Good Father came out, why did everyone grab onto it? Because it was like hitting people, he's a good, good father. The interesting thing, though, is that I think sometimes we've, we've thrown out certain things with God. One of the 
beauties of coming into the understanding that he's a good father is that we let go of a lot of a desperation mindset. And what I mean by that is, is I don't actually believe that a good father, you have to be desperate for their attention. I'm go- it's kind of a setup. Because <laughs> I really do believe that desperation, uh, my kids, if they're desperate for my attention, I'm, I'm failing as a father. In all reality, if, if they're just, and I've met kids like this where, and I've heard stories like these, I, I, um, even generals in the faith, I've read it. I've heard stories from their children. I, I hate to blow your bubble here in the South, but I, I heard one from um, Billy Graham's daughter that said that her dad at one point was gone so much, she came home one time, and he thought that the girl in the driveway must have been a neighbor kid, and it was his daughter because he didn't notice her. I honor and respect all he's done. But that's another story for another time on healthy families. That's something else that I think God's doing. But I don't believe that God wants us to be desperate for our parents' attention. We've seen this throughout ministry. We've seen this with ministers. Unfortunately, the generals of the past, they've done phenomenal things for us. But one of the areas that has struggled is how to bring family and ministry together. Because we've seen it a couple different ways. We've seen family, we've seen it basically like family and ministry. We've seen family or ministry. So let me break these down. We've seen family is the ministry. Here's one where people, their family is their ministry. These are usually, and I homeschool my kids, so this is not a jab. It's usually homeschool families. They want, their, they want to, like, shelter them from the world. They don't want them to see anything, and they want to make sure they're good, and their family is their ministry. That's one thing we've seen. We, we've seen family or ministry. This is the one where I've, I was reading a story recently about a, a gentleman that pastors a church in New York, and he was talking about how his grandfather felt so called to the mission field, and he took his three sons and dropped them off in a boarding school and took his wife and did ministry and, on the, and left them there for years. We, we, we've, heard it with, we've heard it with some of the, the great generals, even um, John G. Lake. His wife died of malnutrition. People that the families were not thought about. And I believe God's bringing us and inviting us into a new place where he's bringing our family into the ministry, where it's not an either or, it's not dragging them along. So we've seen that too, where the kids are like, I really don't want to do this. But there's, there's something being put together where we're going to begin to see this. You mark my words, we're going to see a breakthrough in family with ministry. But the point is, is that one of the things that we have seen because of our, our vision of God, we used to sing songs like, and, you know, uh, I'm... The desperate, what is that one? And I, I'm desperate for you. And, and I had great encounters with the Lord even singing that song, but the reality is, is that it was not a healthy way of thinking that, Lord, I'm desperate for you. Now, I'm hungry. Now, one of the things, though, that we've done is that we've come into this great revelation of he's a good father, he's good, I'm safe, I'm secure. And what can happen is, is we can take the hunger and we can push it all away and just say, well, I'm good in his arms. And you will die probably and go to heaven and have a boring life. I'm just hungry for more than that. 
I just want to see more happen in my lifetime. And when we begin to not be hungry for the Lord, it's a really good, it's a really good indicator that something's sick. I don't want to be desperate. I don't, I don't want to be desperate, but I, I feel like there's some times that he has to allow us. How do I say this? This is so hard. He, he has to allow our hearts to become really hungry for him so that we can steward what he's getting ready to do. We saw it in the road to Emmaus, right? He hid himself from them. That would have been the coolest. That's when you know God has a sense of humor. He just messed with them and just walked this whole walk and, you know, I mean, it would have been amazing to hear the teachings that he was teaching. And then um, they have no idea it's Jesus. They're in such pain. I mean, you can just see him. Even in that scripture, they refer to him, uh, they refer to him, I believe, as uh, as the prophet. These are people that clearly knew he was the Messiah, but he had been downgraded to a prophet because of pain. Pain, I, pain scares me more than any demon. Demons don't scare me. Pain not dealt with concerns me. Oh, we'll lay in there for a minute. Some of you are way more diligent about dealing with demons than you are your pain. I will, Tiffany. Some of you are far more concerned with the demonic realm than you are your pain. The enemy can do more through your pain than anything else. People that are in pain, I, it's, it's hard for me to watch people in pain because I know if they don't draw near the Lord, it's actually one of the beautifulest places you can be with the Lord in that moment. But if you don't draw near the Lord, it's a scary place to be. And these guys were in such pain that they were, they were walking, and they're like, we thought he was the Messiah. And, and here's Jesus, literally the risen king, walking with them. And then at the very end, they, the, like, the lights come on, and <laughs> they realize it's him. He's gone. And they say this statement. They said, didn't our hearts burn within us? This is really important. Did not our hearts burn within us? But wait a minute. We didn't have the theology for that. But didn't we recognize the burning in our hearts? I've been in places before where I've encountered God that was so against what I thought was him. Any of you ever been there? Some of you are there right now. (laughs) I mean... I have been in places where, like, I thought I knew so much. <laughs> and I thought I knew who God was. And I thought I knew this. And I thought I knew how Christians should behave. And I thought I knew this, 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 and this. And I'll never forget, I went to a meeting. Oh, my goodness. This was in, two, it was in that 2013 when we went to Sacramento. <laughs> and I, 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 got, I got invited to this group of young apostolic leaders. I didn't even know what that meant. And Sean Bowles was in there, which, like, no one really knew him at that point in time. Just a little group. And uh, I remember I sat in this room full of people, and I thought, I don't even know if these guys are saved. 
Like, I'm like, the way they, like, this is, I'm like grown and raised AG boy. Like, my, my way of thinking was pretty strong. And I'm in this room all of a sudden of people, and I'm like, who are these people? Like, what are they doing? Why are they saying, you can't say those words? You guys are so uncomfortable right now. This is really great. And I, I get into this room, and Tiffany and I are in there, and, uh, and we're like, why are we here? Like, we got to go now. And I remember coming up to this, we were, we were getting ready to be ordained, and I'd already went through enough people, like, upset that I was getting ordained by Bill Johnson was laying hand. Do you know who they are? They're a cult. I'm like, yeah, okay. Turn off YouTube. Come back to the real world. And let's keep going. Um, so we, we're getting all this attack about going and getting ordained, and then we get there, and these people, like, they're so different than what I had known. And, I, and I, all of a sudden, how many know you're faced with this moment where my heart burns, but my head is messed up? And it, then you hit the friction. But do you understand? I've always known this. But my heart burns. What was the point they were saying in that scripture? They're saying, why couldn't we recognize him in our hearts burning, even if our minds didn't see him? Why couldn't we see him in our burning hearts? I remember I walked away. I've told the story before. I walked away from that meeting, and I was like, we got to get out of here. And we were walking away, and, uh, yeah, one of them chased after us. Some of you would know who he is. He's, he was Eric Gregson, and he was part of a rock. The dude had so many tattoos, there wasn't much left. Like, like I think right here was left. Like, and uh, <laughs> we were walking out, and he came out the door behind us. I'm like, go faster. Go faster. <laughs> and he's, like, like up to a, and he's a really, like, weirdly quiet guy, and he's, like, chasing us. <laughs> and I'm like, Tiffany, go, 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 go. And my parents were pulling up because they weren't invited because they were too old for the young apostolic leaders. <laughs> I felt like a movie. I'm like, pull up, open the door. <laughs> And uh, right before I got in the car, he grabbed my shoulder and turned me around. I was like, ah. And he, and he says to me, he says, I just want to let you know, I love your heart. I feel terrible now. I'm like, okay, have a nice day. <laughs> and uh, I, remember, I remember in that moment, I was like, oh, Lord, there's so much. Yeah, you want to talk about a quick way to just begin to demolish all the things in your thinking that are not him. Yeah. Is be confronted with everything that looks contrary to what you've known and then realize in that moment Jesus is in it. Yeah. <sighs> Jesus doesn't want us desperate for him, but he does want us to pursue him. Married folks, you shouldn't be desperate for your spouse, but you better keep pursuing them. And, I, and I've said this before, it's harder when you're around them all the time. Tiffany and I, we are get together most days, and it takes intentionality. That's the other word I'm really focusing on this year is intentionality. 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 I have to tell her. I mean, she's beautiful. We all know it. But I have to tell her, you're beautiful. I have to tell her. I have to communicate it. Why? Because, because in close quarters, it's so easy to get 
to a point where we just stop being intentional in pursuit. And this is where people get lost because they've got hold of this, like, we're in this great covenant. Yeah, he's one with me. I'm one with him. Great. And then they start feeling like, we're good. But you have to pursue him still. Because it's when your heart gets in that place of just, Lord, my eyes are on you. I can't tell you how many times Tiffany's been trying to talk to me, and she's like, are you listening? You know, and I'll, I'll, the stupid thing will go off, and I'll, and she's like, put the phone down. She'll be like, are you listening? Yeah. I feel the Lord is just saying this morning, like, it's so simple. Just look at me. Look at me. Are you listening? I just want your attention. That's it. Just look at me. That's what you feel. And he's going to blow your mind this year. If you'll just look at him. It's so simple. It's from that place where they realized, oh, that was Jesus. The same thing with John the Baptist, and I'll kind of wrap it up. I've... I've I just feel I need to incur- like share some of these things again. John the Baptist was like super cool dude. <laughs> like baptize Jesus. That's pretty cool. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, let's let's recap. It's prophesied that you're going you're going to baptize the, the Messiah. He, he doesn't have a lot of context. He just knows he's going to baptize. The Messiah. And he's out baptizing as he's doing. And, and it says that I love this because this is his first encounter with Jesus. Sees him afar off and says, well, actually, it's not his first, but he sees him afar off and says, Behold, the Lamb of God. Now, this is cool to me because he, he feels something that he sees this one coming. Behold, the Lamb of God. You know the story. Baptizes Jesus. Pretty incredible moment. Like, heavens rip open. The voice of the Father speaks, this is my son who I'm well pleased, which in itself, again, can destroy the, 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 uh, the performance mindset because Jesus had done absolutely nothing, and the Father's like, great job. Some of you connect great job to what you've done, and, and God's just like, good job. Good job. Good job being my son. Oh, I'm giving you guys some really good parenting advice this morning. Good job. He baptizes him. Jesus goes off into his wilderness experience. They move forward and fast forward to the, the point where John is in prison. And, and he uh, this, this ministers so deeply to me because... This goes back to that point on pain. He's sitting in prison. He's in so much pain that he sends his disciples to Jesus and says, ask if he is the one. Now, wait a minute. I mean, that was a pretty, I've had some cool stuff happen, but I have not had the heavens open up and like the voice of the, like this is a major moment that he had with Jesus. But pain, pain, pain can rob you of what revelation God has given you. 
And here he is. He's sitting in prison. He baptized Jesus. He saw it happen. And he says, go ask if he's the one. And they come back, and, you know, that's where Jesus sends back word to him and basically says, John, don't be offended. And, he's, and, he, and he begins to list off what they've done, the testimony. We did it. We did it. But you see, you see it again where pain will rob you from what God gives you. Man, I didn't, I didn't get into anything I had in this morning, but that's all right. We'll make that work. I want to change the way we think. I want to change the way we think about I want more of God. We have this statement that I, I typically don't like because it's usually connected to some unhealthy stuff, but it's like less of me, more of you, Lord. And, and what it can get connected to is a message of like always trying to kill yourself. Like, like you know, the whole like, not like physically kill yourself, but, you know, I'm always trying to kill the old me. And at some point it's like the old man is dead. And so, but it can, it can lead to a constantly trying to crucify your old man, and he's dead or he's not dead. But the statement, less of me, more of you. What if we just changed the way we looked at that just a little bit? And less of me. Um, if I have $100 and I want to have less money, I need to give away money. The way I'm going to come into less of me is not by beating myself into the ground, which is what has happened with the less of me, more of you. It's not about me beating myself into the ground. Less of me means I need to give away more of me so I can experience more of you. Less of me. It's not just a prayer. You can pray that all day. It won't honestly do anything. Less of me is a process of what are you going to do to be less of you? How, less of John, what does that mean? I have to give myself to more people. I have to give myself to my kids. I have to give myself to my wife. And through that process, I can feel it. There's a lessening. And then all of a sudden, I feel the more coming in. Let's change the way we look at it. I want to challenge you, church. And as we come into this new year, it's, it's not, I don't even care if it's here. Give yourself away and watch God move in your heart. I believe in boundaries. I believe in all the pieces that come with it. I also believe that if we're not careful, that the whole self-protection stuff can rob you, too, of what God wants to do. And I'm not going to get into that whole piece of it today. I do believe in boundaries. I do believe that you can overdo it. But most people aren't overdoing it. <laughs> Let's not let the exception become the standard. <laughs> all of us at some point have, can I just say it? We've all been burned. <laughs> Happens often. You know, one of the hardest things sometimes is when you pour yourself into someone and in the end you just get burned 
And there's a scripture. <laughs> that, remember when, G, when the, the disciples said, how do I have more faith? And Jesus gives this, this great, great analogy, right? It's like this. You've been out in the field plowing all day long. You come in the house, you're tired. Do you get to sit down and just eat? No, of course not. You have to serve the master first. Once the master's eaten, then you can eat. And by the way, don't expect a thank you. That scripture sets me free. You may be like, that's a terrible script. It just sets me free. Here's why. When I have done my stuff, when I've done my life, when I have done my kids, when I have done, I've been working, doing my job, all these different things, and I get to the point where I, I'm giving myself, I'm ready just to come in and collapse, and, I have, and I'm going to give myself more. And I do it, and then I find myself in a position where it's like, I don't even think they care. I'm sure not getting a thank you. I've gotten to the point now where I realize in that moment, like, it doesn't matter. I'm doing it for the master. And it completely set me free. We see it again when Jesus takes the little ones and he's like, listen, he's like, I love the little ones. Whatever you do for them, you do for me. And we see the same thing in that scripture. You know the great thing about, I said this a few weeks ago, you know the great thing about little ones is they're never going to thank you. Your children, you'll give everything for them, and they'll be like, that's it? Now, hopefully they grow and things change as years go by, but I'm talking about little ones. There's nothing, oh, that's like me as a dad. I still struggle with that sometimes. I've, like, done so much, and, and they're like, that's it? I'm like, that's it? Or, or, you know, you watch parents, it's like they're doing all these things for their kids, and they have no idea. They have no idea what it costs you. But see, the Lord said, that's the heart. That's the heart. Keep that position of heart. Just like with a child. Keep that heart. Boy, you are quiet this morning, guys. You, you want me to start calling angels again? <laughs> oh, man. Keep that heart. I just, I, I keep coming back to this. He keeps bringing me back to this thing because I feel like it's so important because, uh, I, I, let me say this. I don't believe that the heart of leadership should be to use people and not thank them. God also said, I see what you do in private. I don't think that's a lesson for leaders. I think that's a lesson for serving. I think there's other principles in the Bible that teach us how to lead. It's important to recognize because I don't think as leaders we can just say, well, deal with it. The Bible says I don't have to say thank you. That's, yeah, you'll be in trouble soon. But, but when I, you know what happens when I do it from my heart? I come up here all the time and I, I, I don't know. I like to come just do silly things that I don't have to do, like change a light bulb. I just like to do it because for me it's outside of my job responsibility and I just get to come up and do something that's little. Um, let me use another example because this is going to sound like I'm lifting myself up. We had another guy in the church years ago that was a contractor. And he passed away. And when he passed away, all of a sudden, over the next one to two years, the roof started leaking everywhere. Ceilings, tiles started getting soiled. 
And all of a sudden, it hit us. He's been coming up here for years and taking care of this building, and no one knew. He's such a sweet guy. Steve Lindsay was his name. And he did it for years, probably 15 years, and no one ever realized how much he did until he was gone. That is such a beautiful heart of someone that just desires, he just desired to give. And that, he was such a tender guy. I think that when we get to the point, though, that we're not deserving praise. We're not looking for, I'm not looking for praise. I just, I love you, Jesus. And do it to him as you would the least of these. Amen? Does that make any sense? It's making me sweat up here. I don't leave, I don't just leave my notes a lot, but this morning just, I feel like I need to talk with you. Let's stand up. Thank you, God. Well, Lord. <laughs> We're asking for the rain. I'm asking for the rain, Lord, to rain down. Would you just rain down on us this year in a way that we look back and say, that year was incredible. Rain down on us. Rain down on us. Rain down on us. I don't know if we have a prayer team here this morning, if they're here. I don't know if anyone is scheduled. No? Okay. Well, Jordan's going to pray for everyone this morning. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just joking. I'm kidding. Um, yeah. Lord, am I right? Hey, come on over. You'll do. <laughs> you guys are awesome. I was like, we need prayer. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> when I first started this church, I, we had a real small handful of people, and I would always say at the end of services, anyone that wants prophecy, come up, I'll prophesy over you. And uh, there was only like 30 people in the church, so it would be like four, two, four, two, three, four people. And next week it would be like five, six, ten people. It would be like 15 people. I got to this point, it was like a line down the aisle. And I was like, okay, we're done with that. <laughs> <laughs> you have something to say? Well, Tiffany has something to say. I'm going to let Tiffany say it. Okay. Just before we end, I really feel like something that we have to start off with is I feel in this house and, and in the church at large that 2020 happened. And I feel like the church came in strong, especially here. Like, we're not going to have fear. We're going to, we're, you know, we're going to come together. It was like that, almost like that 9-11, like, we're going to come together. And then I feel like 2021 happened, and everyone's like, wait a minute, we had faith. Why is this still happening? Why is this still going on? Why are we still battling this? And I felt like more of the war was 2021 than 2020. Mm -hmm. And I feel like 
there's too many people and too many hearts questioning what else is going to happen. What's 2022 going to do? Like, instead of coming in expectant, they're just like, ugh, what else could go wrong? Let's see what else can get screwed up this year. Let's see what else can be taken from me this year. Let's see what else is going to be stolen and that I have to fight with. And we need to come against that. We need to switch that mindset and lean into this hunger and lean into, instead of saying what else is going to be taken from me, is what can I give? That's the kingdom's answer. The world is saying self-care, self-care movement, right? Don't touch me, (laughs) self-care. And the kingdom is saying, no, I want you to give more. I want you to give yourself away even more. And so I really just wanted to address that, those specific thoughts. I just heard them so loud, and I'm like, that's enough is enough of that. Right? And we're going to come in with the kingdom in 2022 and give ourselves away. Be so countercultural. Come on. Of giving and pouring and pouring and pouring out. That's good. Right? Amen. I feel that shift. Thanks, yeah. guys. That's good. You should have preached. She should Listen, preach. That wasn't she should preaching. preach soon. I, I she just, just did. did. I, I do it in five minutes, guys. <laughs> if you want early lunch, just let me know and I'll preach. <laughs> I can do what takes you an hour, John, in five minutes. I felt that. <laughs> Sorry. I'm all right with that. Well, Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for what you spoke this morning. Thank you for what we feel. Thank you for the restoration of things that were lost. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. You've been listening to the Gate Charlotte's podcast. Consider subscribing so you don't miss a message. We're sending this to someone who might need encouragement today. Thanks for joining us.